Welcome to our Outliers podcast, The Trouble with Geniuses, Part 1, Chapter 3. The chapter, The Trouble with Geniuses, Part 1, starts with a genius named Christopher Langan. He was a contestant for the television show One vs. 100. In order to win, the guest has to answer more questions than the average 100 people. Langan had an IQ of 195, while the average person has an IQ of 100. The chapter continues to talk about his miraculous achievements, like learning to speak at only six months, teaching himself how to read, and questioning the existence of God at the age of five. He was so smart he could read books for the whole semester in two days. He was smart that he didn't have to attend school much, but would just show up for the tests. When he attended the game show, show, he ended up winning $250,000. A professor of psychology at Stanford University named Louis Terman met Henry Cowell. Cowell had not been at school since the age of seven. He worked as a janitor at a school and would sneak away and play the piano. Terman specialized in IQ testing. He tested Cowell and was astonished when it was revealed he had an IQ of 140. This inspired Terman to create a group of young intellectual elementary age students. The students were known as termites and had IQs over 140 and as high as 200. As the students aged, they were tracked and tested, measured, and analyzed. Turman believed the students would be extremely successful due to their high IQ. He also believed they would be the future of the U.S. Turman's beliefs are still out in the world. Some colleges Hire students to take tests like the SATs. In the book, The Outliers, Gladwell wrote the relationship between success and IQ works only up to a point. Once someone has reached an IQ of somewhere around 120, having additional IQ points doesn't seem to translate into any measurable real-world advantage. He also said that a mature scientist with an adult IQ of 130 is as likely to win a Nobel Prize as is one whose IQ is 180. In The Trouble with Geniuses Part 1, Gladwell uses pathos rather minimally, only using on a few occasions. One occasion when Gladwell did use pathos was on page 73. Cowell had been raised in poverty and chaos. Because he did not get along well with other children, he had been unschooled since the age of seven. He worked as a janitor at a one-room schoolhouse not far from the Stanford campus, and throughout the day, Cowell would sneak away from his job and play the school piano, and the music he played was beautiful. Through this quote, we see that Gladwell uses pathos in an attempt to invoke sympathy within his audience. By doing so, he not only further engages them, but also intrigues them, making them want to continue reading and find out more about Cowell. Overall, the use of logos in this chapter enhances Gladwell's argument as a fact to show although intelligence does matter, it only matters to a point in order to be successful, you also need some opportunity and luck. On page 70 and 79, over the years, the enormous amount of research has been done in an attempt to determine how person the person's performance on an IQ test like Ravens translate to life success. People at the bottom of the scale with the IQ below 70 are considered mentally disabled. 
his score of 100 is average. He probably need to be above that mark to be able to handle college, to get into get into and succeed in responsibility competitive graduate programs. Meanwhile, you probably need an IQ of at least 115. Finally, Gladwell uses ethos in this chapter to persuade his readers that he's experienced in the top of the hand. He demonstrates his expertise through numerous paragraphs and statements in which he states the research he has conducted and how he plans to build off of and expand upon it. One example of this is on page 76. So far in Outliers, we've seen the extraordinary achievement is less about talent than it is about opportunity. In this chapter, I want to try to dig deeper into why that's the case by looking at the outlier in its purest and most distilled form, the genius. For years, we've taken our cues from people like Terman when it comes to understanding the significance of high intelligence. But as we shall see, Terman made an error. Through paragraphs such as these, Gladwell convinces his audience that he is an expert on the topic and that the information he is providing is both valid and credible. Gladwell's claim in this chapter is that intelligence has a threshold and does not directly correlate with success. I personally agree with Gladwell's claim. I believe that intelligence does only matter up to a certain point, and that in order to become successful, you need many other equally important skills. Intelligence alone cannot make you successful. I also agree because people, um, some of the successful people were like intelligent, but they were intelligent in a way by using their skills and talents. Um, I also agree because the, the termites is a good example of this. They were all geniuses, but the majority of the careers um, the termites had were considered ordinary and a surprising number ended up with careers that Terman considered failures. I also agree with Gladwell's claim because we could use Christopher Lingen as an example that even though he had an IQ of above 200, he still was, he still had an average job. An interview with Gladwell if the bachelor in wealth determines acceptance in a school, then what does the IQ have to do with it? Although at times the wealth and background of a person may affect their ability to be accepted into a school, generally the intelligence and performance of the student in their school is what truly affects whether or not they are accepted. Is it in the intelligence or opportunity presented to the person that leads them to success? Although the person's intelligence may help them become successful, generally it is the opportunities that are presented to them that truly make the difference between whether or not they will become successful or not. Why do we need IQ if it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be successful? Although having a high IQ does not guarantee that you will be successful, IQ is still important because as mentioned earlier in the chapter, IQ does matter up to a point. And the higher your IQ, generally, the more likely you will be to be successful.